Thoffman Show on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app. We are a uh, one-topic show today. We are talking, of course, about the move of monumental sports as teams, the Capitals and Wizards, probably to Potomac Yards. This is a non-binding deal. And when this story broke, there was one person I wanted to talk about it, someone who lived in D.C. for 40 years, someone who shaped my view of D.C. sports as much as anybody because he, I'm lucky to call him one of my best friends. Uh, he also commentates on sports professionally, but has covered D.C. Metro as well back in his days for the Washington Post. Uh, Washington Post graduate, ESPNs, uh, and uh, frequent Hoffman Show guest. It is a Wednesday. It just ho- so happens. You'd be coming on the show today no matter what. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Clint Yates. What's going on, Gregory? I really appreciate the kind words. And, yeah, this one hits home pretty hard, so much so that I decided to wear my Le Boulet shirt for this interview for those of you who are not tuned in on youtube i am wearing an old school red bullets shirt sir because your boy has been to the capital center quite a few times yeah i was gonna say uh, i'm glad you told people that it was a bullet shirt because while i have gotten through enough french and duolingo to understand the (laughs) le boulet uh reference there i don't anticipate everyone has okay so i do not want to lead the witness if you will yeah. you see the news this morning you see leontis and yunkin um etc cetera, etc cetera. what is your reaction to this from whatever angle that you want to attack it from well my first reaction was this feels like a real attempt at a power play from theodore that i'm not sure i understand the necessity of and i don't we can get really granular with all the business and land deals, and I don't necessarily know that we have to, but on a basic level, I think that Theodore is grandly underestimating people's willingness to dislike him. And I think that that matters for a couple different reasons. Number one is that that's always been a big part of who he is. Being popular was always very important to him. And I think almost to a fault, that has kind of gone the other way and number two is that there are people that will walk away from the wizards like let's be clear about that from an nba franchise standpoint and the caps are a different discussion we can sort of parse that to the side as are the mystics but i think that if you're thinking about the nba because of the town that dc is in terms of being a basketball town in the lifeblood the idea of moving the nba squad out of the city based on a land deal just feels like such a massive disconnect from the reality of what sports fans really want in this town never mind as an experience but as a product and i just i really hope that for whatever theodore thinks that this is going to be that quite frankly it works for him because i haven't seen one single person who cares about basketball, who cares about the Wizards, and who cares about D.C., who has said, yeah, this is a good idea. Not one. You know what I mean? And that alone, on simple anecdotal evidence, never mind my own knowledge and brain trust about the situation, is enough to tell me, yikes, off the rip. Yeah, to me, it's so complicated. Um, But the simplest part of it is exactly what you just said. Like The the heart and soul of the matter, the feelings, the emotions, which is what makes sports so great, is that – it sucks to see a basketball team leave a city, and especially a city like D.C. with such a like part, one of the things that I have written down in my notes for today to discuss and parse out is the fact that the Wizards have been largely irrelevant in the NBA for 40 years. Like what level of impact does that have on this? Because, you know, we can talk about the economics, but the economics change 
if they're good. So like, you know, he can complain all he wants about the investment and, and the area and all that kind of stuff. But he hasn't put a competitive team out there except for whatever level of competitiveness Karan and that crew was uh, in, in Arenas uh, back in you know, what the early 2010s. That was over 10 years ago at this point. That's as close to competitive as he has gotten a team here since he started owning the team 25 years ago. And that seems like a relevant plot point as well. And I also think it's interesting that they're doing this in the aftermath of hiring Michael Winger and Will Dawkins to run the team, who now it feels like they have, by the way, a clock on them. You better have a competitive team by 2028 when you open this new arena. Yes. And the reason why it's also particularly puzzling is because it's like, how did you ever expect people to like you or care about this product to begin with if they weren't good? That's the whole thing is that it was cashing in on a certain love of the game that I don't think Ted earned. Quite frankly, that love of the game had nothing to do with anything that he built. It had nothing to do with anything that was a part of his process being the principal owner of this team. They drafted John Wall when he got there. And guess what? They threw him out on a rail, too. Like, do you think people have forgotten about that? Do you think you can just dismiss people that everybody likes and expect people to come up and still enjoy the product? Phil Chenier and Steve Buckhans, shouts to y'all. I'm talking about them, too. These are the kinds of mistakes and misunderstandings of your own fan base that lead you to positions to think that it's reasonable to just walk away because people aren't trying to to consume your product in the same way like this is obvious even to the most basic person that yeah you've got to have a good nba team there or else none of this works that is the fundamental tenet of the entire situation of course the capitals won a stanley cup of course it worked out for the arena but that's still the nhl the nba is the league making money hand over fist not named the nfl in this country and has the highest sort of likability quotient particularly for towns at which the football team may or may not be the biggest deal in town. In this case, it happens to be. This is what happens, Craig, when you spend all your time competing for headlines with other owners in the city. And then when it comes up that they are actually doing other things, all of a sudden you've actually got to produce as the person that has a product on hand. That is what has not happened. And so there's an unfortunate circumstance of those two things coming together at the same time. In addition to that, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble because I know how this business works and I know the buildings that you're in. But the idea that once he decided he was going to try to start taking over media companies became clear. It was evident to me that the message, message control element was a much bigger deal to him than anything that had to do with the product actually being produced. And that to me was the first downfall of what ultimately I think all of this is. And it's still indicative in how all of this goes. Bro, you had to know that this was going to be a disaster and nobody was going to turn around and say, okay, just because gallery place and downtown DC isn't what it is post pandemic means that that's a good enough reason for you to bolt. That is just a ridiculous assessment of the situation to me. And number two, he owns the building. This is the risk that you incur when you do this. The whole idea that it should be by default and 50-50 risk assessment between a city and an owner is what's flawed. And so when people start talking about how, well, I mean, of course he should leave. That's the whole deal. He should have a, you know, he should have a right to make money. Yeah, but dude, you're a billionaire. 
The whole point is that you're providing something to people that other people cannot equate to. And you're the one that gets to do that. You provide the fun part. Of course, there's more risk to be more risk to be taken on. And of course, sometimes it's not always going to be great. The idea that you should be allowed to pop around from place to place in a particular region just to maximize profits. Like, yeah, okay, but some of us aren't I hate to use this pun, that big of capitalists. Some people just want to see a product that is consistent and in a place that they like because that's what the fun part is ultimately because, again, it's just sports. Clint Yates with us, of course, ESPN, Around the Horn, Anscape, ESPN.com, uh, also ESPN Daily. Uh, make you. sure you check out the podcast, uh, you know, daily. Um, <laughs> there's so much to unpack there um, with Leonsis and, and with all of this. So let me keep going on that that thought process yeah. before we circle to another element of this and what I think has been an unpopular take for me over the last 24 hours that I'm curious to get your thoughts on. Okay. The Leonsis piece in terms of the money, I find, I don't know if appalling is too strong or it's actually the right word. This dude in June just got investments from the Qataris. And to me, if you're getting, if you're the first owner in on the NBA's loosening of, hey, cool, we're allowed a small percentage of non-controlling, uh, you know, a non-controlling interest in yeah. a franchise for a, a sovereign wealth fund, and you go into business with not the most savory of governments, if you know anything about how the Qataris just put on the World Cup, where somewhere between five and 7,000 people died, uh, most whom were basically slaves um, that they imported from other countries. Um yeah, it's not great. And then you come and ask DC, who is struggling financially in a tremendous way for $600 million. Like, I again, from a business standpoint, can I fault him from going to Virginia because they're willing to, to give him some money and, and work with him in a different way? No, but like, I do think there's a lack of reading the room here. And it goes, by the way, to your piece on monumental as a network as well. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem saying it. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get anybody in trouble in this building. Um, our friends who work over there, you know, they they understand the score um, and I don't begrudge them for taking the checks because I'm sure Ted pays all right. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, like there does seem to be either a misread of the room, but I actually don't think it's a misread of the room. And I think he cares. He just cares about the money more. And it, and it comes down to priorities versus like, oh, he doesn't care or he's not smart enough to realize it. No, he's plenty smart enough. It's just his priority seems to be the money. On top of that, what's unfortunate about that is that that would be fine if it felt like he cared a little bit more about what's actually happening on the court or on the ice. And what's going to happen with ESA as well? Like all of a sudden the Mystics are moving back to Caparedia. All of a sudden that where the city poured in a bunch of money to rebuild that, that just becomes... Yeah, so the go-go can play there? We like, don't exactly we know what, you know, it's like, dude, you can't just move in a vacuum based on your whims about the rent of one particular, or the land lease of one particular building. Like, I, I just, it's kind of unfathomable to, unfathomable to me. You talk about appalling. That's the word I would use that, like, this is really just about the money. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, if that if that's what you're going to say, this is all this is, well, then don't tell me that you named the team the go-go because you were trying to connect with the community. Don't tell me that all these other efforts that you try to, I don't want to say propagandize, but sell. Bro, they are unveiling the Boundary Stone Court, like, tonight. 
They're all, they, and I will say this, they have done a really good job. I think the Wizards specifically have done a better job than any of the other teams of being like, we belong to the district. Right. Where like, yes, of course we care about everybody in the DMV, but like, hey, this is basketball. This is DC. This is the district. And now they're gone. They're literally selling jerseys at this moment that say those words on the front. Like, I just, I, you know, and at some point you think to yourself, man, is this really going to be how we find out that the emperor has no clothes? Because ultimately, the product that everybody wants is to be able to gather and root for the home team in a way that brings everybody together in the simplest manner possible. This is not rocket science. This is not even rocket surgery, to quote a funny movie. It's just if the greed becomes so obvious, it doesn't even matter if it makes sense because the only thing it makes sense to is making more cash. And for all of you fans who get caught up in being so aligned to a franchise that you seem to think that the things that make more money for the owner are in the best interest of you by default, that's a scary thought. What you want as a fan is the priority to bring you the most joy. Doesn't seem like this is doing it for anybody that I've asked or anybody that's told me. So I will ask one more question along that line, and then I want to get to what it means for the city. Mm -hmm. um, are, is there a chance, this is a little bit devil's advocate, but also I think a logistically fair question. Is there a chance we're overreacting here that at the end of the day, like it's, it's Metro accessible. It's like five extra stops on the yellow line. Um, you know, as, as Ted said, like they call it national airport and everyone thinks of it as DC's airport, but it's in Virginia. Like, it's really not that far. So is there a chance that in 2028, we're all like, oh, this is this is fine. And the fact that they do have a world-class practice facility and better whatever could actually benefit the team in the long run and, and the imaginary lines on the ground that obviously have very real consequences, um, but someone drew them there. They, they weren't. There's no whatever in the way. Yeah. There's a river. Um, yeah. But like that, that the, the, the border is actually not that big of a deal and that it, because it isn't that far, it's still Metro accessible, et cetera, that a bunch of people who live in DC and Maryland are shouting and all the Virginia fans are like, Hey, actually this is better for us. And it's just serving a slightly different part of the DMV in terms of accessibility. My friend, all of that may be true. But that little boundary you called the river is, quite frankly, a major psychological hurdle for a lot of people in the area that must be taken seriously. Something that's easy to understand if you've been here for all of five seconds. like Or you follow any of the DC yeah. dating meme accounts. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, bro. People are not crossing that river even for the holiest of the holy, so to speak. You know, And I'm look, what I'm saying is that Yes, it might be an overreaction in the context of in a strict, if we're playing a board game way, but in the reality of what's on the ground, ripping the NBA franchise out of downtown DC as an experience to Potomac. Yard. When was the last time you went to Arlington or Alexandria, Greg? Um, probably, a, I, I, I wound up wind up in Arlington, you know, three, four times a year, at least Alexandria once or Are twice. Are you hearing the verbs you're using? You wound up there. You know what I'm saying? Like just, just that yeah, word like, alone. I go, it just depends. I'm also someone who thinks that people generally like unpopular opinion here. I think people way undervalue like DC folks should explore more of the DMV. This like, isn't is just about DC folks. This is about Maryland folks who won't go to Virginia either. And Virginia folks who won't go to Maryland. This is all interconnected. My point is, is that 
okay, Potomac Yards ain't that great. And to get to the airport point, people go to the airport to leave town, not to enjoy what's around the airport. That that analogy doesn't even make right. Sense. But the point is that that it's not far. Then and people think of it as like, oh yeah, that's the D.C. airport versus the suburban Dulles. Yes, but it's and, not far because of the nature of the building. Not because it's not far if you're going to be there. I just say forty times a year when you don't live anywhere near it. And look, I get it. Virginia fans could probably fill in a lot of the people that weren't going anyway. But I just don't think. It in general, it's that good of an idea. Never mind all of all, all of how I feel about the cultural element of it. So, yeah, listen. Do I think Potomac Yards or whatever insert made up name we have here has the right to national de- landings? Apparently oh my being god! Floated. Right, exactly. Amazon and all these other places. Do they have the right to grow on their own? Sure, but it just feels so cheap, for lack of a better term, to just pop over to Alexander. Like, what? Are are you being serious here? People for who people who are fans of the football team have been arguing for decades about getting the team back into the city and you've got one little measly issue which i'm going to call it because again you own the building you're going to pop over alexandria the whole point of building ownership is that you are somewhat committed to the landscape around you for the long run i get it you want the mayor to clean up all the crime and all this other stuff but again sorry there was a pandemic sorry people aren't coming back these are the risks you take when you buy buildings as a billionaire it just seems like it's so lame to be like oh well yeah obviously we have a good reason to leave no you feel like a bully it seems like there's a billionaire being a bully for something that that billionaire doesn't deserve Good devil's advocate question, Craig. Great take, Clinton. <laughs> really, really got it going. Got you wound up. Uh, but I, I do think, like, I don't know. It's also easier for me, but I, I have disposable income and just sure. t- like the time, you know, to go there. And it's just, it's different. Um, and I fully acknowledge that privilege in terms of that it's probably not as big of a deal for me to go to Potomac Yards, whereas a lot of people that have been going to Wizards games for a long time. It will be. And I think that's an important reality to acknowledge. Not to mention who it's going to affect in terms of the employment in the buildings. That's something I think about a lot when it comes to black folks in D.C. and how the entire fabric and framework human wise operates when it comes to these functions. So that leads us to the city. And here is my I don't even know if it's like my take, but like a theory that I have floated that I think is very well backed in the research that. I think should be up for consideration here, which is that this could be a tremendous opportunity for DC. Okay. As much as it hurts the soul, it is very clear that the economics say stadiums are bad for cities. They right. don't make the money back. Now, I would also push back on the pure economists and say like, yeah, they're entertainment. When you go to the movies, you don't expect a return on your investment. You expect to see a movie. So like there's, there's pushback there. But on, on the investment side, on the money side, it's often sold as like, hey, this thing is going to bring business to the area. And it's like, actually, it's probably not. Um, and I think that because of these gigantic macroeconomic factors, aka the whole world economy has changed post-pandemic, specifically sure. urban economies have changed, and areas like downtown DC, which to be clear is a business district. There are law firms and every other kind of business that are like major companies that had business space down there. And those places are empty because of hybrid work now. And with that said, you know, Ted's got a land lease. I would kick him off the land and be like, nah, bro, you left. I would reimagine that area, by the way, in a city 
with building height limits, which limits your ability to build housing because you can't build up, you can only build out. You've now created a massive potential area of space. They're already converting a lot of building, like business buildings into condos and, yeah. and housing. If I'm the city, I look at this as an opportunity to create affordable housing or subsidized housing or whatever yeah. version of that. Please do not build any more freaking luxury condos, right. but build affordable housing. It, you know, so put, put food in a food desert, uh, outside, outside of that giant that's on seventh street. Like you get South of that, there's not a lot of grocery stores. So let's get those. The restaurants can stay if they want to, because now all of a sudden you're going to have people living there and you can have gyms and all these other things that happen in all these other neighborhoods. And you could revitalize that area, not as a place that people work and then go to events because people don't live in an area where you go to events. They can make it a place that people live. And I think if they don't take that opportunity, I feel like that's a that's a loss. And you do what the Atlanta did with Turner Field when they moved to Cobb County. And the revitalization of that area has been real. That's the exact argument that a lot of people have been using for the RFK site for many years. And I do not discount it whatsoever. The only reason I don't think that that is, lines up with what the reality of right now is, not that it's, not that it's incorrect, and I'll get to that in a second, is that the building's already there. And that, that's the main mm -hmm. issue is that this would be one thing if we were talking about starting something new and options from zero, but that's not the a case. A what's going to have to happen with RFK. Correct. Correct. And the other thing is that, guess what? They could do that anyway. And so could Theodore in terms of revitalizing areas. I mean that in terms of affordable housing and whatever. I realize the space isn't the same, but overall, I just think it sends such a bad message from monumental to say well when the going gets rough we're gone like that's so antithetical to the reason why abe poland was there to begin with number one and number two like bro this is what we're all trying to do is make the space livable for everybody as a sports owner to think that you just get to dart in dart out as it suits your fancy that to me feels so disingenuous and so yes of course i agree with you like there's a million places i would love to use to recreate or repurpose for affordable housing particularly in that part of town where so many people as you know you can see on the street struggling so that's not to me mutually exclusive although mm -hmm. i do think there is something to be said for the city being like if you want to go you're gone give us the building back you don't get to do both and right. he said today leonsis did that, oh yeah he's going to keep that building filled the mystics will play there it's a growth opportunity and there'll be all sorts of other things well then bro why are you leaving you know what i'm saying like this doesn't make right. sense none of the logic actually adds up and most of it isn't even that emotional if if i'm being honest like this, this doesn't seem like a smart thing to do considering what could be versus what was and that's where i'm just baffled at all these people who are like well ted's got a right to do this ted's got a right to do that like who are you rooting for are you rooting for the team are you rooting for your friends are you rooting for other fans are you rooting for a guy to make more money on a land deal like I, i'm just never going to understand that do you think that uh obviously bowser and city council came out last night after the deal was basically done like everyone's like oh crap there's an announcement tomorrow yeah uh and they're like oh here's 500 million dollars and leontes had wanted six do you think that that Bowser and city council made a mistake dragging their feet on this? Yes, but not in the way that many people think that they do. I think that they figured that Ted would not have the audacity to walk out on a building he owns from downtown DC, some of the most prime real estate in the city as an opportunity to go somewhere else. That said, I do think that this last offer was, and I'm stealing this from a tweet. I'm sorry. I did not see who it was by. It basically said, this is the equivalent of, 
you know, pulling up to McDonald's at the drive-thru at 9.59 and ordering everything off the breakfast menu, you know? And like, I get that part, but I just think that in good faith operation, there's no real world when you can look at having a sort of, I don't know, introductory press conference that's non-binding with another civic leader across the way is going to score you points with the people that were supporting your business to begin with. That's the issue here. It's just like, man, who do you think you are on a lot of levels? Why do you think this is going to work? And even if it does, at what cost? And is the cost always monetary? That's always going to be an issue for sports owners in general. Is the cost monetarily worth the cost of the emotion and the passion of your fans? If you don't have winning teams, you'll never really be able to understand that relationship quite well anyway. So that actually uh, kind of reminded me what we were going to talk about today is if player salaries are getting out of control after the Otani contract. Um, and that also seemed relevant here, but that's probably going to wind up being our topic for next week. Uh, thank you, sir, for your perspective as always, and for making me a lot smarter on all these topics over the years. And uh, we'll talk to you about uh, players making go lots bullets, of money instead of billionaires. Go bullets, go bullets. <laughs> you the man, you the man. That's the reason I'm not a Theodore fan. Goodbye, Gregory. Goodbye, Clinton. All right. That uh, was Clinton Yates here on the Hoffman Show when we get back. Uh, is this deal actually done or does it involve the same hurdle that so many of our days do here in the DMV? Traffic. Uh, Adam Tuss, transportation reporter for NBC4, joins us next.